Hello, 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 and welcome to the latest and much delayed episode of Over the Bridge in the Abba Dabba Ding Dong. I'm Andy Warbler, and after such a long time, I welcome you back. I welcome me back because why not? I haven't done this for a while. I believe the last episode was August and I've been on a sort of a rhythm before maybe doing something every month maybe even every two months I want to say I think I, I there's a couple of early episodes where I did one and then in two or three weeks I did another but I really um like there was no consistency to it but I really did um blow any sort of a waiting time out of water when we're now into early December and I'm going to explain that a little bit. There's part of me saying I don't need to justify it but I think if there's anybody who's been listening to this podcast and maybe is even looking forward to my thoughts on the the getaway or which is the as of now the the last released album studio album by the Red Hot Chili Peppers but if there has been a sort of um an audience listen to this show I think I I think you deserve some sort of an explanation first off I think a lot of it has to do with that in my head this was gonna be the last episode so back in August when I did um I'm with you I had sort of thought okay last episode I'm going to make it really special and I, I didn't know how I was going to do that but I was in my head I was like yeah I'll, I'll do something like just like I get really wasted and listen to the album or I get really high and listen to the album or I won't get high or I won't get drunk or wasted or anything I but I want to do something because of the last episode and as a result of that sort of idea being kind of pocketed I, I overanalyzed it and I left it really long to do another episode. And that was a big <laughs> that was a big issue with it and uh, not doing the latest episode. The other thing I would say that happened was I fell off the bike a bit. I didn't fall off a bike. I just got out of habit. So when I'd have that niggling kind of thing that really to scratch that itch of doing a podcast I fell out of that habit I'm sure there's lots of people who you do something either every week or so or every month or so or day in day out and then he leaves a little while and a little while becomes a longer while and that's essentially what happened and yeah I I just kind of fell off the wagon a bit in terms of doing a podcast or or even to some extent thinking about the podcast. I mean, I was aware of it. Um, but I think on account of what I said about wanting to do something special for it. And then delaying it. I just, it just kind of went to the, the phrase of my mind a bit. Um, and I also think, even though I wasn't listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers ad nauseum I kind of needed a break from listening to the band now look 
I wasn't like I said, I was listening loads and loads of times, but I am um, kind of like I don't want to listen to the next album yet. And it wasn't that I I have some time for it to get away actually, but at least I remember having some um having some good memories of that album. Not even good memories, but remember liking some songs to to put it that way. But um, I had just I I ended up listening to other music to tell you the truth. I'd kind of gotten out of maybe not the Red Hot Chili Peppers phase, but I'd certainly felt like yeah yeah I it felt like homework and I didn't want it to feel like homework. Um, the podcast itself didn't necessarily feel like homework, but listening to the band who when I'm listening to some other artists and I'll get into this in my uh, 60 second kind of thing where I've been checking out other music or rechecking out um, some of my favourite artists I sort of realised that I didn't really highly rate the Chilis which is probably a vibe that has been picked up throughout the podcast and that's been part of the appeal for me to do this to sort of be listening to something without feeling that I am totally uh in love with the music while not hating it but i'd also as a result i'd also come to a point where i was just like i kind of just didn't want to listen to something at that time i wasn't into and that that's that's kind of natural eventually the things even things you like a lot you kind of need a break from but Partially also I was like, um, the getaway, I kind of felt like I wasn't totally getting into the vibe for it. And I think I'd mentioned before about the show, it's been a summer band and coming into September, I just, I just didn't get, I was like, oh, I went to put rec- record the episode. And as I said before, wanted to make it special, then I'd, I'd let it fall by the wayside. And that's that really. And I realise as I've been checking that people are still listening to the, the show. Um, which is nice. Thank you for doing that. Um, and I'm going to continue onwards and upwards with The Getaway. And following on from that, <laughs> maybe there's a part of me also subconsciously. I was like, and like I said subconsciously, I didn't like think this out but that the band might just like <laughs> announce new music or a new tour and I I don't know was it October or September that they actually did announce a tour um with Johnny F um and I think there's a new like I know they're well they're scheduled to tour next year right everything is scheduled to happen next year but uh, but like what they said about 2020, 2021 is the year it's going to happen. And it's like, like things get back on track. And depending on where you're living, some things are back on track. I haven't, um, I haven't been to a gig in a couple of years now. And I haven't, um, which is, look, it's a first world problem, let's be honest. But um, in terms of the entertainment industry, at least in terms of going out or and living in Ireland you approach certain things of going to a gig or or even the cinema with trepidation of it. Um, 
because you don't know what's going to happen and if it does you're like well should I go anyway that's that's sort of a, a different matter but in the meantime the band had announced that they were touring and I believe new music is coming out um I haven't checked on I, I actually like I don't think it's a, a secret I, I like or that it's um something that they've shied away from like they have recorded new music but I presume this tour is to promote whatever the album is um I don't believe they have a like there is no album title there is no track listing or anything like that so and I, I don't believe Johnny F is coming back just to do a sort of a essentially what would be a greatest hits tour um or a hits tour so that's that and I will just say actually speaking of the band and the little promotional material I'd seen for um when they announced the tour they did a couple of videos on YouTube or Twitter on social media anyway where I think aside from John the rest of the guys had been sort of as newscasters or anchors um sort of looking a bit zany whereas in that video John is kind of like the straight man in the whole thing and even then following around front there's a couple of posters of announcing like the gigs that they were doing in Europe and I'm sure the US and wherever else and like and Anto Anto and Flea and Chatterick are all kind of making their kind of zany kind of poses and whatever and John is there and he's clearly putting on a straight man but there's also an element of <laughs> I kind of feel like he's playing it playing up to that straight man kind of thing but there's also I forgot it's where I'll, I'll put this in the show uh notes on um and I'm when I actually release this thing which yeah will definitely be early December um but there's a the picture I think it's a black and white with some maybe block colors put in there pink or green or something I'm not sure but they're all the 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 three long-standing members if you want to say have been there kind of doing their poses and he's playing up the straight man but there's also an element where I feel like John is um maybe there's an element where he's like this bullshit again <laughs> John of the four members probably feels like the most I don't think he's necessarily a super serious guy but I think he's probably someone who takes his music seriously and I'm sure the others do too but I think he probably maybe feels like he's outgrown the sort of the uh, the comical side of things and the wackiness of the aura that the Red Hot Chili Peppers bring. So while I'm sure there's an element of you act like this and the rest of the three guys act like this for the photos or for the video, the social media video or whatever, there's a, there's an element where I feel it's pretty true to life. So yeah. Um but look I just want to say I'm really excited to be doing this again. I really had to again out of lack of habit had to really push myself back into the habit um, of doing this. And I'm delighted because 
while I was thinking of it earlier today. I, I was aware of it since, like, for ages to get back into this. But today I was like, right, I'm going to talk about this and this and this and what I've been listening to. But, um, yeah, and of course listen to The Getaway. So I'm really, really uh, looking forward to doing this. And I don't actually think this will be the last episode now because, which is, a, it's a great thing. But it might be the last one for a while on account of waiting to see what the band, when the band released the next album. Um, I do actually, uh, I, I don't think it'll be this, I don't think it'll be this year. No, it certainly won't. It would have announced it or... I don't think there's kind of band to surprise release something. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to um, digging into this and waiting. And I don't need to overanalyze. I think with the last episode or the late, the next episode that comes, um, we just enjoy the album when it comes out and enjoy all the anticipation of it. And I will look forward to it. I, I make it sound like, I don't enjoy the band, but I, I realise when I've been listening to some other uh, artist collection of work, I probably was surprised how little of the band's material made a high grade for me. But that's me. You might be different. And as I've said before, I'm not here to rip shreds into the band. I probably realise now I respect them more than I enjoy them the, the music and that's not a necessarily a bad thing there's lots of artists I, I can't say the same about I'm like I don't like I don't respect them but um or I just don't like them I don't even think about respecting them but uh yeah so without saying any more waffle I will tell you about what other stuff before we get into before we get into the getaway or any thoughts I have about let's talk about what other stuff I'll be listening to with the 60 second album review thing that I do see I've even forgotten what it's called I've even forgotten what it's called so well I only did it the last episode so and that was like back in August so yeah let's uh let's talk about some albums it only takes a minute. I think this will be a relatively quick um discussion on some music I've been listening to recently because a lot of it actually is stuff that I've just been re uh, rediscovering maybe even reevaluating to some extent and yeah I will I will start with I'm just going to put my little timer on because if you remember I talk about an album for 60 seconds and then I move on to the next um, so yeah let's start with an Irish artist called Orla Gartland. She released an album a couple of months ago um, called Woman on the Internet. And I bought it and at first I kind of thought it was a bit too cute um, in the rock. But it actually, it's actually grown on me a bit. And I would say that some of her stuff reminds me of Regina Spector while having what I would call some elements of typical of Irish indie rock that probably it's not as edgy as it could be but that being said I, I quite like some of uh, her phrasing and her how the lyrics intertwine with the music and 
I think the album will grow on me more and more as time goes on. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. Earl Gartland, Woman on the Internet. And the only reason I laugh is because I said a couple months ago, like, because everything seems to be a while ago. In terms of, I'm breaking my, my minute thing here, but just in terms of, um, uh, how long ago I've done this podcast. So some of these albums I'll be talking about haven't been so recent. Anyway, I kept doing 60 seconds on with that album and that's that. That's good enough for me. So it should be good enough for you. Um, next I will talk about Killers. I picked up Pressure pressure Machine I think that's what it's called because I've heard great things about I wasn't so crazy on imploding the Mirage the previous album I I I really loved Killers when the first I don't even think I really loved Hot Fuss when it came out but Samstown was such a great album I thought and I've kind of stuck with them for a few albums but they've kind of been on a bumpy road for me since um, I think it was 2017's Wonderful Wonderful um even the one before that but anyway I still don't know what to make of a pressure machine it's a very kind of a an Americana but a quiet way I mean the killers at least from Samson onwards have been very much uh, the music has been very much Americana infused with the bombast of the stadium thing that the killers do I I still haven't fully warmed the pressure machine but I'm gonna keep giving it a lash and see what to make but it's it's okay um yeah That's that. Um, I picked up also a while ago. It's been a long time since I listened to this. Uh, this is more of a rediscovery, but our uh, re-listen was Led Zeppelin. The song remains the same. Um, double album that accompanied the, the movie. Now, when I heard it years ago, it actually funny things. It's a rediscovery of this album because I I watched the thing on VHS years ago and played it on cassette when I was on double cassette but with this CD that came out a good few years ago, a double CD, double album whatever you want to call it, it actually has some of the songs that weren't that I think some of the songs on the tracks for the VHS were not on this tape and then there's also some songs that weren't fully on either and so there's some songs on this that I actually hadn't heard from that Madison Square Garden recording that live recording so yeah it's great to revisit that and um, speaking on the rediscovery path I spent I've been spending really the last month listening to a lot of Radiohead a lot of Tom York um, now within that I've been reevaluating a moon shaped pool which is incidentally I remember buying that the same day I got the getaway Um and at first, I thought I was okay with the album, but it's actually, I ended up liking a lot more. And I think it helps sometimes when there's other music from around it that are kind of, when you have a band's collection work, you can sort of maybe compare them, but also sometimes you retroactively view these things in a different light um, when you're listening back to other music from the band or an artist. So yeah. That's great, and also I've tried Tom York's second um, solo album, Tomorrow's Modern Boxes. Not as good as Anima, the, the last one that came out, but it's it's okay. Um, 
it's okay, not great. That's the, that's the rating bit. Um, what else have I been missed? Um, you know, I think that's mainly it. I mean, there has been some other stuff I've been listening to, but, um, I can't say, I, I've really been sort of just diving back into a back catalogue of, of music rather than a lot of new stuff. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know if people, like, sometimes when, for what it's worth, when I'm looking at music reviews and sometimes you get the impression with people who review a lot of albums that they listen to a lot of new albums and you can also talk about the old albums or not the old albums but old albums or classic albums in their mind and as a casual maybe not casual listener of music because I love music but just as a person who doesn't listen to something new every other week I I am aware of new music that comes out or reissues or stuff I haven't heard that's been out for years and um, I think sometimes I just kind of go through a seasonal thing of this artist reminds me this period this season as such I think Radiohead for example are very much a band that remind me of maybe the colder months certainly in Ireland coming into September and certainly from October it's well, I say pretty cold, pretty cold for Ireland, and um, Radiohead kind of remind me of that a bit. Just that, um, or not maybe remind me, but I certainly feel comforted in the the lush warmth of some of their albums. That kind of, yeah, like a it's like a a very comforting blanket while some of their music is also a little bit out there um, compared to some other bands of their ilk. Um, oh, there was one other, there was one other album that I've been, re well, re-listened to, but I will say I didn't give, give much of a chance the first go around when I bought it, is The Beatles' um, Revolver. No, no, not, not Revolver. It's Rubber Soul. Um, I always get those two mixed up. Um, it's funny, the Beatles are a funny band for me because almost a bit like the Chilis, I, I think I respect them more than I like them. That being said, I like their big songs, well, I see their big songs, they have lots of what people with classes big are iconic songs, but I, when I listen to, and I quite like some of the stuff on Rubber Soul, then there's stuff I've never heard before, and it's hard to sort of be like, you're coming off a song like, in my life. I think you're going on to another song, like The Word, I think it's called, and it's just like, I've never heard a song before, and bands like The Beatles or Queen, their greatest hits or well-known songs are so embedded into my brain that when I listen to some other song that I've never heard from them, it's like, I don't know how I feel about that, because they're not a band I sort of, I think about other than the hit singles. Anyway, so that's that. That's that's what I've been listening to. It only takes a minute. That other little ramble I had about whatever else is going on in terms of rediscovering artists. I just wonder if people feel like that as well, or is that just me? That you listen to something, you come back to certain artists, and not just necessarily an album, but maybe a full catalogue of an artist. I'm like, I'm really in the mood for listening to this artist now because of the time of year it is. And... 
yeah, actually, just on that, like, I think Radiohead for me are very much an autumn kind of an artist. I think Queen remind me of Christmas a lot, actually. Um, the Chilies, for what it's worth, definitely, and I know I've said it before, have summer vibes to them. And, um, yeah, that's, um, maybe, maybe, as I said, that's part of the reason I took a while. I subconsciously also didn't feel like listening to Chilies as we're coming into autumn. But, uh, we're here now. And we're going to do it. But before I say anything else about The Getaway, the music of The Getaway, let's talk about the artwork of The Getaway. The more I see, the more I see, the more I see. So, the album artwork of The Getaway. I, when I saw this album artwork at the time, and just for kind of context... I picked this up, as I said, the same time I picked up um, a Moonship Pool, the, the Radiohead, Radiohead's most recent album. Um, yeah, back in 2016. For some reason, I thought this was a 2017 album. But anyway, back in 2016, I um, I don't think I was aware that this album was out. And I, I'm trying to think what came first, because I either heard one of the songs off the album first, or I picked up the album just on a whim. But anyway, I picked up the album the same day I picked up the Radiohead album. Why that matters is just because they were in a in a record shop sitting side by side. And I was like, actually, maybe I'll get this as well. And I was looking forward to listening to the Radiohead. I mean, I went into the record shop to get the Radiohead album. I saw this. I was like, uh, yeah, why not? I'll get this too. And that's... That kind of um, kicked off a few things. But I'll get into that a little bit later. But when I noticed the album artwork in the shop. I kind of didn't think it was. um, I don't know if the band have a particular thing. I would say that's definitely a Chili Peppers album cover. But I kind of felt like it was. It didn't scream Chili Peppers to me. And that's not a bad thing. But it turns out the album artwork. Or at least the cover. Is by a guy called Kevin Peterson who actually asked the band asked could they use one of his uh, paintings and from what I've just looked at, at some of his artwork and it is a lot of maybe not all of it but just the, some of it I've seen is kids walking with polar bears or different animals in unusually graffitied landscapes unusually well graffitied landscapes and yeah i like it i guess when i say it doesn't scream chili peppers that makes sense because it wasn't created with the band in mind at first but i i for what it's worth i i love this um when i look at the um the paintings especially the human detail it's actually it's so incredibly real looking but um and i i don't know what i'm sure the band have said before what the getaway as an album title means but if I were to just make a my own take on what the album cover means with the title, I would say it's just getting away from maybe the the aggressively commercial adult world and just ready to turn into a state of wonder and innocence. 
and that would be my take. I, I like the album cover. It's probably could. You probably could get a few different meanings from, but that's my take. And the full, the album cover when when you open up the sleeve, the middle, the center fold, if you want to say, it. You see that painting in the full on the front of the album. There's the girl, a little girl walking in a looks like a, a street. Um, with some graffiti in the backdrop, and she's walking with a big, uh, big black bear and a raccoon, and there's a crow on a pole. But when you open up the center folders, a fox as well that was in the painting. But, um, yeah, I i like it. Um, it's, it's pretty chill, it's pretty cool. And the rest of the album sleeve notes is just lyrics and some some band shots where they're where they're kind of in um I forget what that thing is called, but when you had it reminds me a bit of Coldplay. Coldplay did not not the album the cover, but the uh, the band photography in some regards because Coldplay one of their albums had the band or at least the promotional time when Coldplay released an album, not their recent one, um. Can't think what the name of it was, but it had them in that kind of powder paint. I can't think of what it's called. Um, but this reminds me of that, where the band shots are them in that kind of. Um, I know there's a term for it, or not even a term, but there's a yeah proper definite or wording for it. Um, and that's that's okay. I'm not I'm not crazy with that. That's just some band photography that and they use some of that on the inside of the album. As well. Oh yeah, I actually realised on the back of the album is the fox as well. So they've kind of they had the image of the fox when they on the very back of the album. Um on the track listing. And I don't really have a huge lot to say about that. I just realised actually just on the Radiohead front, I see the album was mixed by Nigel Godrich, who has worked on a lot of their albums as well. And, um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about the album artwork. Now, my memories of the album, which I've kind of got into a bit. I picked it up, and I can't remember whether I heard one of the songs first, which I'll get into in a little bit. Because there is one song that, for me, is probably the standout song of this, and that was the song that attracted me to either picking up the album or replaying it. I can't, I really can't remember... I'm going to say I may have heard the song first, and that song was Dark Necessities. And then when I saw the album in a shop, in a record store, I picked it up along with the Radiohead album. And I think, I do feel like I heard Dark Necessities first. And But I wasn't like, oh, this is brilliant, I have to pick it up straight away. I kind of, when I saw the record in the, in the shop, I was like, yeah, why not? I still was regardless of whether I'd heard the song or not, but generally I wasn't like, I must go in and buy this album. Whereas I probably did feel that way about the Radiohead album. The Radiohead album had been out a couple of months, I think, on streaming and then they give it a physical release. What can I say about the album itself? Um, I, I really can't remember if I'd heard the lead single first and then picked up the album or picked up the album and then I just listened to it as was. Um, but let's just say I heard Dark Necessities and I was familiar with that song to some extent. 
but when I went to the record shop that day, it was because I was anticipating getting the physical release of the Radiohead album, which had been released previously on streaming, maybe a month or two beforehand. And that was the album I was looking to get, whereas this one, I was just like, yeah, okay, why not? And maybe, I think in my mind, I knew the Radiohead album was going to be... And I love Radiohead, but whatever you'll say about them, they're not a, a band you kind of think of rocking out to. Well, you do, but in it, I would say maybe arguably in a in a less dumb fun rock way, more of a cerebral kind of way. Whereas I kind of saw this and I was like, yeah, this could be dumb fun fun rock. So I picked it up. Anyway, I think I heard Dark Necessities beforehand, and I I can't remember thinking I loved the song, but I remember enjoying it. And I think in fairness, the more I listened to that song, the more I got into it. And it's it's probably my favourite song off the album. And in terms of... I think it's my favourite song off the album and it's probably my favourite song from the whole, if we want to call it the Josh era. Um, how many... Yeah. There's... A lot of songs on here, but I and I remember some of the songs. I off the top of my head, I remember that song. I remember the getaway. Um, and I remember Go Robot. I remember a good few of the songs, and I actually think I listened to this album a lot around the time. Not not super super into it at the time, but I felt like I enjoyed it more at that time than. It I did make me keen to revisit, say stuff like "By the Way" at the time. Which sometimes when you buy a new album from a band, you're like, "Oh wait, or maybe I was too harsh on their albums. Maybe I'll re-listen them." But I did enjoy some of this, and when I got it in June of two thousand sixteen, and it was nice weather, it was nice. It was a nice album to pop on and go exercising to. Um. And I will say the video for Dark Necessities, which I remember at the time, is fantastic. It's um, it actually, it's an album or it's a video. This the video for Dark Necessities, has. I think it's four skateboarders on it, in the video. It and interspersed with that is. The band performing, goofing around. Um, but and I don't know what city it's in. I'm gonna say LA probably, <laughs> but um, it's four skateboarders. They're all professional skateboarders, all female skateboarders, and they looked so cool in that video, like just really really cool. And it made me want to skateboard. And if anything, it did make me pick up a skateboard. I'd never had a skateboard. Well, actually, that's not true. I had a skateboard when I was. A, Okay, but it wasn't a very good one. It was real. Like, it was just... Um, it wasn't great. And I picked up a skateboard. And I actually... When I actually started doing this podcast last year... I, I'd had the skateboard for a while. But I hadn't actually used it until... Uh, the summer of last year when I actually... Maybe there was something to it. I start listening to Chili Peppers again. For the podcast. And then I start skateboarding properly. Now, that being said... I'm not, I I stopped at some stage earlier this year and that's not a, anything bad, it's actually out of habit. 
if if there is one word if there's one phrase that's um a recurring theme that's going to be on this episode aside from talking with the band for me it's things been out of habit um but i enjoyed when i when i watched that video it made me want to skateboard and if there's one thing i can attribute to the band aside from their music and make me want to do something and you could argue well the band has nothing to do with that that's the visuals of the, the person who directed the video but i i don't know i think there's an element of a synergy of the music being very um it's rock but it's very it's very um it's a nice vibe to it uh the music along with the video and i just thought and the skateboarding that they were doing in that video there's nothing that's crazy uh on a technical level that's like oh wow if only i could do that all the in fact some of the stuff in the in the music video for dark necessities is the it's the skateboarders falling off skateboards and bruising themselves and just but having a fun time and i just like that vibe of the video so i have a lot of good things to say about the song and i have a lot of good things to say about the video and speaking of the director of the video it's um uh, the director is also um, actress, director Olivia Wilde, who uh, you may be familiar with in such TV series such as House, and she also directed, what was that movie that, a couple of years ago, Booksmart. And she's also, um, she's married to the guy who plays Ted Lasso, Jason Um Aside from that, yeah quite a talented individual but i really liked the video so good on her um i it's it's hard not to compare this album for me to i'm with you because they kind of feel like two sides of the same kind purely because of the the lineup which is your three long-standing members and josh and then as history has told us Josh is no longer in the band and um, John re-entered the fold but I um, I can't help but compare the albums I from memory I think this is probably and I would have said that I'm with you is a better album but I feel like Josh feels more comfortable in this album I, 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 I mean once I listen to this album proper again I might have a different take because if anything this podcast told me that I really it's it's helped me sharpen my um listening and appreciate music and what I think works and also what I think doesn't work I liked some of I'm with you I really did but then there's other times I I think the problem with I'm with you was that some of it was a little bit forgettable yet I could go back and listen to no problem but as I say kind of a complete circular pattern where i'm just like oh yeah yeah this song okay yeah i really like this song but then i kind of forget about it again it doesn't stick with me as much it doesn't have much lasting power um overall as an album and i don't necessarily think this has huge lasting power either but i seem to it lingers in my mind a bit more as a overall album um and I do think a lot of that is down to the band as a unit being comfortable. Um, not like the three 
pre-existing members sure they're all good with each other but then Josh I think he's probably sounds a bit more comfortable here and I also think it helps for the first time in a long time and something I welcome or welcomed anyway was that the band had a new producer behind the, the desk and that was Danger Mouse and I always think it's um I think it's good for artists to sometimes a, an artist is just in their wheelhouse and they're like they know what works and they're like yeah this is this is our this is our go-to person and honestly I do think the case really had that works I mean some of their albums are certainly better than others over the years that have worked with Nigel Godrich um but I think I think the band themselves keep themselves on their toes and they're all individual creatives and I think while this is not a Radiohead podcast, I think I often end up listening to other artists and thinking, wow, if only they did something like Radiohead. And I don't necessarily mean did a, a Kid A or an OK Computer or an In Rainbows or even or even a King of Limbs. But I think they, as a band, sort of decided, OK, I'm going to go over and use this instrument that, like, they had incredibly talented individuals in that band. But they fundamentally change the foundation sometimes around that they were like, let's try something. They really took themselves out of, out of their comfort zone. And I think the Chili Peppers probably, like, okay, not every artist or band can compare to Radiohead. Now, some listeners might go, I don't even like Radiohead. They're up their own asses. They're pretentious. They haven't made a good... Albums since the Benz, their best song is Creep. Fair enough. But, and there's other artists I like that, as much as I like them, I don't think they are as creatively ambitious. Um, and that's fine. That is actually totally fine. I'm sometimes okay with a band just staying in their wheelhouse. But I think where I'm going with this with the producer thing is that it's just nice for the Chili Peppers to get somebody else. Because, well, first off, They've worked with Rick Rubin for such a long time. And to very results. And I actually don't... I don't super rate Rick Rubin's producer. I think he's a little bit like... You guys go create something. And he's almost... I always get the impression he's a bit laissez-faire. And I never feel like he... He might have a good vibe about him. And maybe people feel comfortable around him. But as a producer... I kind of feel he's a bit hands off um certainly from any rock albums i know he's been involved in some other uh, genres but just from a rock music point of view i kind of feel like he's a little bit hands off the wheel and somehow his reputation has come to this level where it's like oh wow rick rubin brilliant and maybe that's a bit unfair because he has produced he has been involved in some really well-known hugely successful albums but I don't think Rick Rubin is somebody who when he's been working with an artist or a band for a long time he's going to bring something new to the table for him to try out and it's arguable what a producer's role is right but I think sometimes a producer can help steer uh, musicians onto new sonic palettes now, if the musicians are doing that themselves, as I mentioned, Radiohead, 
great. But if the musicians themselves are a little bit creatively stuck or just in a comfort zone that really could be edging out on the outer rims of, it helps when a producer helps push that further. Now, with all that being said, I don't think I listen to... Well, there's two counter-arguments to that. One is, by the way, as an album, it's pretty much a, a shift from Californication. And arguably, Californication is a shift from the... Uh, the... Um, the roundabout... Almost... Lack of to the pointness of something like One Hot Minute. And maybe there's an argument there that, you know, he had, did challenge them. I haven't watched any documentaries about any of the making of those albums. I don't know if there is documentaries, but I'm sure there's some behind-the-scenes footage. Um, so maybe I'm being too hard on Ricky Rubes. But um, what do you think? Um, and speaking as regards this album, I don't think I listen to this album and think, wow, there's that shift that there was from, say, One Hot Minute to Californication to By The Way. Whereas I've said before, I was never crazy about One Hot Minute. The change from that album, even the change from Blood Sugar, Sex, Magic to next one to next one is a bit of a progression from One Hot Minute, sorry, from Blood Sugar, Sex, Magic to One Hot Minute to Californication. There is a remolding of the sound um, where one worked, the next one maybe not as successful following one extremely successful but then from californication to by the way there is a shift in the sound i do think a, a, a pointed direction of where the music is going with something like i'm with you and then to get to the getaway there is not much of a difference and maybe that's why they're easy to compare a little bit um or put in the same uh pocket but i still think it's good that the band worked with a different producer um, maybe some of that had to do with Josh because I don't think he felt like he had a a voice in as much of a creative voice in the process with uh, Ricky Rubes. I think I read that somewhere, or I did read that somewhere. Um, so overall, I have some vague recollections of the music on this. Um. I think I probably enjoy this album somewhat, but maybe uh, like songs like Dark Necessities will stick with me. Uh, Go Robot, yeah, um, sticks with me as well. Um, and yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put this on in a few minutes, and we go through our side A, side B thing. So yeah, let's um, let's see about that. I'm probably going to. See how many songs are on this album. Okay, so fourteen songs. So I will probably stop. I'm just gonna. I'm sure this was a typical seven songs per side. So I'm gonna start with the getaway, and then end with Go Robot for side A, and then we will go into. Hold up! Hold on. Thirteen songs, sorry, thirteen songs. So you know what? Fuck it. We'll do that. 
we'll, we'll do it live. Start with the getaway. Go over what side A. Side B, we'll do Feast on the Flowers. And end side B with Dreams of Samurai. So let's, let's hit play on side A and see how we get on. Let's kick things off with Ligetaway. Is that like that little? I feel like that's the drums, but also it's like there's a vocal thing there. Um, this song is a real kind of a um a slow burn kind of lead in. Um, and I'm gonna say that. For what it's worth, I'm probably not gonna go through let all these songs play out because it's a secret. I, I played this thing earlier today, side A. I didn't jump on the side B yet, at least on this revisit. And I played it out earlier just to kind of remind myself of what I was doing. I was, I was doing some painting and I could listen to it and take it in. Um, not artistic painting, it was. It was furniture, um, for, for your info, um, and I was had these first what, seven songs in my head, and I was kind of like, kind of going up and down with them a little bit. Um, some songs had more life to them, and other songs, well, let's see, this song kind of bounce a bit more for me with that kind of um repulsive bass i say that like i'm stuck but there's almost like a synthesizer thing going on as well um it runs throughout the song um of course this song i think it's only a few lines into it talks about california um but I will say with this certainly with this side I felt like the band are being a bit more retrospective whether that was intentional or they're just slipping into some comforts this song kind of reminds me of um, uh, Parallel Universe in a more chill out way um, Parallel Universe had a similar percussive kind of thing going on but obviously to a bigger rock effect whereas this is a little bit more um it's a bit more chilled out and um just said i let that bit play out a bit um there's a nice bridge in here as well i don't i don't know i, li I like the song enough it's a nice it's a nice um it's a good track it's a good track um and i don't really i don't know i kind of feel like it goes on a bit um which um that's that's kind of how i feel it's a it, it has that that template that the chilies in their more laid back kind of way 
mostly excel at which is that sort chilled out rock song which not too rock but it has their kind of stamp on it and I think the bridge comes in now It's a it's a sun chilled sun kissed song, um, and I kind of appreciate that it's the it's the opener, but like so unlike um, the first song off the last album, which was really open the gates and let's rock out, that doesn't do that so much. As in the getaway doesn't do that so much. The title track, the opener, and now we're going into dark necessities. Uh, probably my favorite song off this album and um like this the video i'm not even looking at the video but the, i have the video in my mind and how it goes and i must say it's quite something that a band who i who've been kind of i've been listening to since my school days on and off uh, admittedly but that something that they're involved in inspires me to do something which is not just put on the music and play along to it or listen to it but actually go out and, and skate skate not brilliantly but still skate you know that counts for something um this um this is probably the freshest song that they did in a while as well it kind of it felt like it was not just a song that was maybe sitting on past glories which I'm not even accusing the previous song of, but just this does feel like a, um, a little bit of an entry into a new chapter, um, which I can get into a little bit later because I think the album, maybe at least so far in what I list tonight or today, battles with that a little bit. But this song does feel like a breath of fresh air and doesn't have some of the hangovers that maybe I Miss You had, the album I Miss You. This is kind of, <laughs> it would be, in my mind, um, Chili Peppers Rock growing old gracefully. It still has a lot of those elements to it, but it's just a bit clever about how it does things rather than trying to be super fast or super edgy love those hand claps i feel like i'm gonna commit sin now but I, i'm i feel like i've i've heard enough of the song because I've, I've listened to it so many times and if you know this at this stage, if you're listening, if you're listening to the podcast, I, I'm always aware not to um, that songs play out too much, even if they're in the background because of playing it out on a podcast and just does that interfere with sort of um, publish music online. So I kind of treat this whole thing when I'm talking over the songs a bit. I kind of treat it like a, a pirate radio station that. Um, this sort of comes in. I remember once a few years ago, I was listening to. I, I 
I to the radio, an analog radio, and I tuned into this station, and it was just I didn't none of the music was recognisable to me. Um, but this guy just kept coming in, and he wasn't even coming in like talking about the song. He just kind of come in and said little little bits of whatever. He was just like, "Hey, shout out to John," or whatever, and. Actually, just reminds me, I was at a wedding a few years ago where that kind of thing happened. And it felt like the the uh, DJ, he was playing all this music, but for some reason, whether this was just his vibe, maybe, but he kept just, like, he'd let songs play a bit, and then he'd turn it down just slightly and go, I don't know, I can't remember what he was saying. It's kind of nonsensical to my mind and even my ears then. But he'd just be like, Oh, we haven't got time tonight! And... No, even that, what I'm saying really quick was, are we having a good time tonight? Which, yeah, that makes sense because it's at a wedding. But he wasn't even saying something like that. He was just, I don't know. I don't remember what he was saying. But he reminded me of that radio station because it's like, I felt like this could be the same guy just filling, you know, punching in with vocal, you know, bits. Um, So he wasn't getting in trouble with the music. And I'm, I'm like that. I don't want to get in trouble with the music. But, um... Yeah, this song kind of jams out a bit. Good song. Um, we Turn Red. Um, kind of a nice backbeat there. Um, I appreciate this song. Sort of takes a different tack. If the first song was that, like, slow burn intro. And then Dark Necessities is your, your lead single. And it's... Uh, that kind of touch of familiarity maybe in a sense that if you've been listening to the, that song before the album came out you're like okay great that's kind of a touchstone and then we have this kind of a slow but bombastic kind of number and it has maybe some of those familiar kind of elements of the lyrics the interplay with the how it all rhymes but I quite like um it has sort of a couple of things going on to it and a little bit of nuance. And I just wanted to let that bit play out a little bit because we go from this bombast into a chorus which is quite um, quite nice, um, different from different completely from the uh, the verses and. Um, and then I think we go back into the verse pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah. Um, some of this is not totally unfamiliar to the Chili's, and I'm not expecting the band to completely perform new tricks, but I do like how the song changes gears. Um, Trinidad's got it bad for Tobago. Um, I don't know. When I was listening to the song earlier, it just reminded me of some other songs that they've done, which is bound to happen at this stage, but I feel like, I can't think of it, but there's a song off Californication on maybe the second side, um, and it kind of reminds me of that. More so than anything that, more so than any songs from, uh, I don't know if it's say it's by the way because that was the album right after Californication but it's the first time in a long time I certainly didn't feel like I'm with you or 
I feel I didn't anyway. I didn't feel it with Stadium Arcadium. But I really like this. Just this is this is really lovely stuff to be honest with you. Um And that thing about me saying it sounds like Californication, I actually like that. It's not kind of a, oh, this just sounds like something from Californication. I like how it has some of those vibes, but it's it has enough going forward that I quite, I quite like. And, um, it's got that real, uh, willful bass there. And... Is that the song? Yeah. I, I actually thought there was more to it. Even though I've been kind of following the lyrics here and there. Um, and now we're into the longest wave. Um, I'll be honest. This was of the, when I listened to this earlier, this was the first song that I kind of drifted off a bit on. In that at least I knew with the first three songs I had got things to say about them. Um, this is kind of a nice little, a pretty little ditty, if you will, but, um, I feel like, see, I can't remember much of side B until I play that later on, but I feel like I'm not really into this song, and I also feel like it comes into the, it's in the track list too early I don't necessarily expect an album to be top heavy full of up tempo or even quite upbeat numbers and and this song is fine it's just it's just a bit it's a bit uninspired to be honest with you. It's certainly not one of those important songs that I kind of get a bit iffy about with the band, but I would have easily cut this. Um, or maybe put it near the back end. That being said, to say I'm not mad about the song put near the back end, it's kind of like, why should it be there if you don't like it? So. And I don't really like it. It's it's okay. I don't... I think it would have been fine as a B-side. And, um... Yeah, that's the... Uh, goodbye, Angels. Um, yeah, speaking of the whole vibe of... It reminded me of... This, this album, I was listening to some of it earlier. At least, let's say, the first seven tracks. Some of the songs definitely recall other songs. Um... And I'll get into this a little bit once it builds up. But this song reminds me of um it reminds me of Can't Stop. I'm just gonna be just gonna say it right now. It reminds me of Can't Stop by the way. And even when the lyrics do you hear this? Everything that you spilled, we are the ones you want to know right now. Ayo, 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 black light. Come again to but it's not going to be as catchy as Can't Stop. I'm going to say that. And I don't mind as not as catchy as Can't Stop. Yet it's distracting how much it reminds me of Can't Stop. And there might be an argument to say, well, look, it's just it's just that drum. But I just feel like 
<laughs> if you're a casual fan, listen, you know, and this was being played live, you might be like, oh, wait, is that kind of stuff? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 it's, it's good by angels. It's from the getaway, of course. But when the song was playing earlier and I was um, doing that painting job I've mentioned, I, I just kept saying to myself, this life is more than just me through and all no I wasn't even saying that I was like can't stop this to the shindig um it reminds me of can't stop a lot and that's distracting in itself and to be honest yeah I probably like it. do I like it more than the longest wave um it goes into a, kind of a spazzy breakout later on where it's kind of like whereas something like we turn red had two contrasting elements that went nicely together um goodbye angels later on there's this big crazy bass breakdown that it feels like it's more dressing on a on a song that isn't great like I feel like this is what Can't Stop could have been if it was written during the this is Can't Stop without the hooks not just without the hooks but without anything interesting because to be frank this bit is kind of nice I will say this little bit is nice that comes in here but I feel like the band can either release something really hooky or release something as a song. I don't mean as a single or the album overall, but just there has to be something interesting going on with this song. And I feel like this sort of goes nowhere. And that's, uh, yeah, see ya, angels. Oh, sick love. Um, hey, this song mentions California in the lyrics as well. I'm not going to go through each song on this. I just know it's on the second line. You'll hear it out now. Does Anthony ever think, oh man, I've mentioned California too many times. Um, I, to be fair, if you did one of those world things and did all the lyrics of the that the band ever have had I mean obviously most of the words that have come would be there maybe on love I don't know but California might come up a few times but it, it wouldn't be one of the bigger words do you know do you remember those things that were out years ago like I, I think they're still out it's like wordle art and um I remember doing it with a couple of bands I really liked at the time and it was just like, yeah, most of the words are just your banal kind of the, not banal, but just your typical the, to, you, you might expect something like to really pop out, unless it's something repeated, you're not going to get, there's a song on, on Pearl Jordan's uh, sixth album called Evacuation and Evacuation is said a lot of times in the song and in that album 
that word comes up a few times but at the same time you still have the the theirs and and probably waves because a lot of Persian lyrics have waves in them surfing metaphors and the like but um yeah I don't know if California would come up that much um and he'd have to be saying Anto would have to be saying California a lot in one song or a lot in a lot of songs in one album This is probably of the last three songs. I have to admit, between uh, the longest wave, "Goodbye Angels" and "Sick Love," this is the strongest of the three because I've, I feel like I can group those three together because they're all. I, I wish there wasn't so much kind of down, you know, downtime on these on the album right now. We went through three quite fairly nicely paced songs, and then we hit three kind of slower songs but this song I kind of like I kind of like more than the last two it's just a shame that if they had just this one song after maybe we turn red you might feel like okay a little bit respite before the next big song um but the three songs especially when as a whole they're not all great this song is fine it's not great it's it's a fine song but when you have the three songs together it just really bogs down this run um i presume the next song is yeah the next song is go robot anyway so um so yeah it is the next big song i wasn't just saying that kind of like oh i, I hope the next song is a big song i knew it was but here we go. Another single off the album. I, at this stage, it's, to me, it's kind of obvious what are the singles. Um, I know there's probably another couple of singles off this album, but I know this was another single, This and Dark Necessities. And the video for this is kind of weird. It's... It's, uh... It's Anto, um... In a kind of a chalk white appearance, um, and I think he's wearing a cod piece, um, or maybe he's just wearing white fronts. I don't know, but it's a it's a disco kind of song. It sounds like a disco kind of song, but also in the video, he goes to a what's very much a disco environment, and I d differentiate that from a. A nightclub environment because it does have, if I remember correctly, it does have a a, a dance floor with the the lights on the ground, that kind of thing. Um, but th this is this is a good song. And there's, you know, hand claps. Hand claps are a feature in this album. I may have been a feature in other albums, but I'm really noticing in this album. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, the band always had a sort of a, a, a dance 
a danceable element to their songs and I I, um, I think it works on this song. And I certainly feel when I listen to the song, I think this and this is the next, and I'm not just saying it because of the singles, but this is the next strong song after Dark Necessities, the next really strong song. Um, Robots don't care where I'll be on. Um, yeah, it, it's a it's a fine song. And are we already at the yeah we're already at the end of this this um this side really? I like this disco breakdown here. And uh vocals kind of build up and I feel like there's either backing vocals or else it's just Anthony's vocals layering on top of his vocals. Um, I don't really have an awful lot more to say. The video is one of those weird things that sometimes you watch a video and you're like does this go with the song? And I don't know. Like, it kind of does. It's a kind of peculiar song. I like it. I, I actually really like the song. But <laughs> the videos also peculiar. And maybe they're a match made in Chili Peppers Heaven. I'm going to let the song play out. I'd just say, like, as regards Side A, the first three songs are pretty good. It sounded like I didn't have a lot to say about The Getaway, but I was just getting into it really and the getaway as a song I, n I like that as a sort of a I say slow burner it doesn't actually mean it's a slow song but just compared to the last two or three albums it's it doesn't rush out the gates um I like that kind of little melody there at the end um Like to get away the song, it it sort of just takes time going out, and I think as a result you're not kind of like, oh here we go, and I kind of like that, but it's also, I struggle sometimes with the song because sometimes I forget, and that's the first time in a while I can probably say that about, uh, Chili Peppers album opener that I'm like, how's that go again? It takes its time as a song, um, but I do like it, and then. We have Dark Necessities and We Turn Red. Both quite good songs. Then we have... What is it? See, I even forget now. Is it The Longest Wave? No, it's not The Longest Wave, is it? Oh, man. I'm really struggling. It is The Longest Wave. It is The Longest Wave. And then Goodbye Angels. Like, both of those songs are pretty forgettable to me. I Although I would just say Goodbye Angels... Right now, I'll put a pin in it and say that's the song that Can't Stop could have been for not the best reasons. And then Sick Love is okay. Probably the best out of those three. I called The Longest Wave and Goodbye Angels. Um, there we go, Robot. We're just... It's fine. Yeah. That's, that's pretty decent. It's not... Go Robot and Dark Necessities sit together and that they're 
feel fresh enough for the band and they're worthy singles. I would argue that a couple of the other songs here, even some of the other songs that I like, are a little bit reminiscent. That's actually not a that's not a complaint really. I would just say that of those songs, those two singles sound the freshest that the band I felt like with I'm with you Doer tried to convince themselves that they could still rock. Whereas and I'm basing it off the singles and I liked some of the songs of off I'm with you, but there felt like there was a lot of exertion on look we're back. Whereas with some of the songs on the getaway I feel like they're comfortable in their own skin and they're not trying to prove as much and as a result it's yielding maybe better uh songs, songs that don't sound like they're trying so hard. Now at the same time, there is a couple of songs I've mentioned that I'm not crazy about. But so far the experience doesn't seem as hollow. And I always felt like when I listen to I'm With You, while, as I say, I like some of the songs, I think it there is an element where they are just trying a bit too hard to prove their worth um and look that brings me to the end of side a and it's my general take there's a couple of songs here i i would i would delete those i would delete those tracks <laughs> um or beside them um so yeah we'll we'll go on to side b then and start with well, feast of flower, feast of flowers, or uh, man, flowers on the mountain, or whatever. I'm really struggling here. Um, feasting on the flowers. I knew it was something like that. Um, some of these song titles, man. Uh, anyway, let's um move on and hit play on side B. <laughs> Okay, we're going to get into Feast on the Flowers. Yeah, nice, nice groovy opening. Very playful. Nice textures in the background there as well. I think I really got cut myself off guard a little bit because I was sure in a very traditionalist sense that Go Robot would be the opener of this side. So I was like, I feel like that's the obvious second half opener, but anyway. It was the less obvious first side end. Show me in. 
I feel like there's certain sounds going on with this song that I haven't really heard much in any of the, the band songs before. I, I, I'm actually saying that not just of this song but a few of the songs on the album. It feels like there's a little bit of a new approach and that could be me looking into things a bit but I do feel like Danger Mouse has um, maybe recognised their strengths but also pushed them into new territories a little bit and it doesn't just mean that when there's a new instrument on a song oh wow this is a whole new sound but and I don't think the album this album could be seen as a drastic um, it's a grey area because sometimes artists do something completely new and people are like this is a new sound I don't think this they've broken their own mould with something new and to be fair there are some artists that do that maybe once maybe even twice but a lot of artists just sort of do it in a very um, gradual way and I feel like that could be said of an album like this that the banner to push themselves it doesn't always happen not every artist released an album nor is every album a gradual push further sometimes they will just stay in their lane but I do feel like there's an element here where there's an attempt to not only look back at what has worked before maybe whether they're subconsciously paying homage to that but also looking at more recent times when things haven't worked and maybe said okay like let's uh make the flourishes really work rather than just flourishes for the sake of it and i think this song even though i struggle with the title of it i think it's i think it's a good example of that uh where are we on now i think it's detroit is it yeah and i really i really felt having listened to side a earlier that i was getting vibes of some of the late 90s early knots strengths of the band um and it doesn't mean to say even though i was slagging off on the songs earlier for sound like can't stop it does mean to say that every song or certain songs or oh, that, that definitely reminds me of x song reminds me of y song from back in the late 90s but there's a certain energy even a song like this I, I maybe there's a feeling here that reminds me of Emmett Remis a bit from Californication but um, to a degree it reminds me of that and it may not actually fully sound like that but it has a similar energy um, maybe a little less grungy but uh, this is this is a pretty strong um, second half song um, and I feel like and I, I guess the most obvious comparison aside from going back to Californication or like so by the way I think the easiest album to compare to is the one that preceded because of the new guitarist of Josh but I think the word I was lost for earlier was organic this feels a bit more organic than the previous album 
and they sound like they're trying the right amount of trying to do something but creating songs rather than trying to force a style onto it um that's how i'm feeling so far even some of the songs i wasn't so crazy about earlier i can say at least while i do think a couple of songs really made this first half dip a bit overall i i can look back at that first half and say i feel like they're trying they might like the band are often guilty of over regular albums and i'm sure when the next album comes out they'll do that again and i see where you know, I know John is back in the fold, but also it kind of saddens me a little bit that Rick Rubin is back in the fold. And people, I'm not anti-Rick Rubin, I just I just feel like the band... I feel like they could... There's an element of returning to the fold with John, and also doubling down on that with Rick Rubin as producer. And, and it's like, well, it works. I, Chili Peppers often, to me, as a band, sound like they're they want to experiment, but any time that goes wrong, it feels like they don't treat it as. Well, hey, that happened. It almost feels like they're a little bit burned by the experience, and they retreat back to. Maybe not necessarily familiar territories overall in terms of sound, but certainly things that say to me, this will this will encourage the this this will be comfortable, but also entice the bands back. But a band like the Chili Peppers have their hardcore ba- base of fans, and um, yeah. I didn't actually talk about that last song much, but I like it. Here's um, Fuzzy, this tick on Derga. Yeah, that, that's it. Um, quite funny that I, I think this has not necessarily the same energy as the last song, but it's it's a little bit more out there again. And I'm generally, I like, obviously I, I like some of the songs that the band are well known for, but I like the Emmett Remises, the, the trites of this, uh, of this world. Not just because I said they had the same energy, but as um, well, maybe. Maybe it's a, a sense that I feel like they're also kind of saying, when I hear songs like that, I'm like, well, they can do the songs that are not just the, the earworms, the that are a bit more experimental but are successful. It's almost uh I don't know what kind of music I would say that is there but it felt very uh of a certain vintage i i don't know what to say but it i don't want to say oh it sounds like this and in my head i know i'm way off but it goes from this fuzzy rock song to this um very uh yeah just a very vintage kind of a sound um 
it must be an interesting song to play live because it goes kind of fuzzy and then into this clean sound and I applaud this song as well I don't think I like it as much as the previous two songs but it's a uh, it's interesting and look if you're not gonna write I think at this stage in your career if you can still be interesting and also write some good hooks well why not um but back on what I was saying about Rick Rubin I, I don't know I just feel like okay John's back in full Rick Rubin and I think the band are probably going to try and make in an album that um is going to make a big um it's not necessarily going to make a big impact but I think they're going to swing for the fences on it in terms of its uh, reach and everything about the promotional campaign for the tour although that's kind of quieting down a bit because of because of uh yeah Omicron and various various variants of COVID and tours going on maybe being cancelled I who knows it all depends different countries have different uh, have different positions on how the whole touring thing is going to go the song almost reminds me a little bit of uh, not vocally but just that fuzziness reminds me of um Maybe Queens of Stone Age in the era of Vulgaris era. Um, and now we're going into something a bit more. Um, just a little bit quieter after the last couple of songs. Um, this almost does sound like John. Um, and I, I get some of the criticisms. It's a very easy criticism to say, oh, this guy who. John taught sounds like John. Well, I don't know how much he taught him, but I know Josh was under his tutelage for a while and inspired by him. And when you're playing in a band where most of the back catalogue, well, arguably the biggest hits of the band's back catalogue is from John's era. It's not from Hillel's. Um, okay, there's a couple of hit songs from the Dave era, but um, they don't really play those songs anyway. But generally, I mean, there is a, there is fan favorites from the Hillel area, but most of the stuff that Josh is going to be playing is going to be predominantly from the John, the John era. I feel like I'm talking about the Bible here. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is a nice song. Um, but what I was saying about Rick and I. I think I'm kind of dancing around circles here, but I, I do think they're going to make an album that the promotional material was all kind of like John's back, and to a lesser extent, they're not going to be shouting it, but it's going to be a think piece when the album comes out with John back in the fold and then Rick Rubin back behind the mixing desk when he butters his ass to turn up or has an opinion. Um, Look, I know Rick Rubin is behind a lot of successful albums, but I don't know. I never feel like I. I think I struggle because I start sometimes. I do go into. I hear an artist. And I'm like, oh wow, that's really introduced in really unusual textures in a song, and it may not be 
a rock band and may not and it might be that the band themselves or whoever artists want to incorporate that in but an awful lot of time I think a producer can have a can have a positive impact but also can have a negative when I think of a lot of stuff that Rick Rubin has been behind I know he brought about the um, the Johnny Cash recordings and did stuff there and sort of um, reintroduced Johnny Cash to a, a new generation with uh, those I think they were called American recordings those albums but I never feel like convinced me otherwise but certainly the rock stuff I've heard I can't speak of any other genre but I never feel like he brings anything to an artist that they haven't already done themselves and some of the albums I've heard that he's produced now look I like Californication and I think I like By The Way as well but um, those albums aren't without their flaws but I never feel like kind of feel like some of his stuff he's involved in can it, it doesn't sound like he's really involved in anything that the, a band hasn't evolved to do themselves when he worked with ACDC on Ball Breaker it's it's a look it's ACDC but it's almost a muted ACDC it's after it's less stadium rock which is probably good for ACDC but it's also it's weird it's not super catchy but Look, some people really dig it. Um, that was Encore, by the way. And, uh, yeah, that was a nice enough song. Um, over into the second last song here. And I know that, not just because I'm looking at the track list, but I think this song and the next song are a little bit... They're a little bit wet noodles. Um, anyway, the Rick Rubin thing. He just seems a bit lifeless. In terms of what he brings to the uh, table. I don't know if he brings much to the table. And say with Metallica. He did one of their albums. And the album doesn't sound super great. It sounds better than the album that preceded it. But it's. I actually like the album. But I think a lot of that has to do with Metallica. Generally making an effort. I'm not sure how much he brought. To things. But you know what. I could be wrong. And I know he was going to work with you too at one stage. And they recorded some songs. But then I don't think they were crazy about the songs. Now that could be to do with U2's own quality control. But I also think maybe it just wasn't a relationship that was fully working out. Who knows. I would still like to hear those recordings. So just, I'm not a hardcore U2 fan. But I'm familiar enough with a good few of their albums. I, when I was listening to this side just a little bit earlier, um, a little bit earlier, but after listening to side A, I felt like, I actually thought this was the last song for a moment. I was like, this is the last song. Because it sort of feels like a spacey coda to the album. But then there's Death of a Samurai, which comes after this. But this is, I actually... I said they're wet noodle songs, but I think I could handle this. It's just when you have two or three songs that don't fully click. 
then one can bring the other down a bit. the other songs before I don't feel like they're phoning it in on this a couple of songs I don't like but hey that's just the way it is and I might as well say at this stage when looking back in the band's discography and comparing it to other artists I've listened to I'm probably not going to give anything more than a B plus on this um which <laughs> if people have probably given up on this podcast a long time ago because it, it depends on the people right if you're interested in my ramblings great thanks for staying on but if you're like a hardcore friends like no 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 andy you've got it wrong no i just i just don't get it and i know where you come from i often watch a movie or listen to an album and doesn't matter what anybody else says, I think it's the bee's knees. However, I will listen to podcasts or read reviews of said piece of work. And if I see it has a rating, a star rating, and it's at least at the very baseline in the same direction I feel about said piece of work, then I'm most likely to read it. I don't really want to listen or read someone who's Debbie Downing on something. But, yeah. Which, look, I think generally the band are good, but I I don't think I'll be, after after this song, um, after, not straight away after this song, I'll have to give it a little bit of thought, um, but I, I have a good idea of where my, uh, my ranking of the albums, as they stand there, and I know there'll be another album, um, at this stage, it's going to be 2022, probably. But I get the impression, also, just a theory here, that they're not going to... Whether they're still... And you people in the know, I'm just I'm just here. I'm not going into the, the social media side of Chili Peppers or how where they are at the stage of this next album. But... I have a feeling they've sort of held off on giving a release date to the album until they feel... I know they've released tour dates, but in terms of the album... Maybe not to put themselves under pressure in terms of recording and time for a tour, but look, I reckon they have it pretty much in the bag. And they are probably holding out till... It's a bit... At least they know that there's the all clear on the tour... Look, things hang in the balance uh, these days. But I feel like they'll release the album when things seem a little bit more sunny side up on the in the world in terms of travel, pandemic. It's hard to know, isn't it? Because we live in a world now where it's almost like when and I know for some people, and maybe for some listeners, I'm sorry if you've lost one, somebody close to you or somebody 
close to you is ill and kind of COVID or it's affected families and work and social socialising and meeting up with people going out and doing what you normally do but think about it earlier the pandemic that is it kind of it's, it feels like even though it's almost two years it feeds longer it's like when there's a moment in your life where you it's like not just another chapter but you look back and it's like it begins to feel like life before the pandemic it's like almost like and I wasn't trying to bring this in for the sake of being funny but almost like it is a different universe or a parallel universe if you want to say that but wait we all used to meet up and we went to gigs and we we didn't wear masks going into a store or whatever but as I say even though it's, it's almost two years now it feels like it's longer than it has been and I'm sure you all know what I mean by that um, and I essentially like doing this podcast has been great during this whole pandemic I know I took a break for a long time until this last episode uh, this last as of now episode just to be clear but um, yeah it's just it's just strange and uh I appreciate, by the way, if the band, if the Chili Peppers are holding off on saying this is the album, they probably want to make a big deal about it and it's hard to make a big deal. Some some artists dig into that and kind of go, you know what, we're releasing this album, people need something to listen to, our fans need something to listen to and other artists are like, let's hold back a bit. And I've, I've seen that in play, even if artists haven't always been vocal about that, I, you get the vibe that some people hold back because... do want it to have a maximum impact not necessarily from a financial or a monetary viewpoint like that but just when I know people went to gigs I know that well it depends on the countries right and as I say the, the laws but it just seems like certainly in Ireland I mean I haven't went to a gig in a long time and it's at least once a year I go to a gig now, that hasn't happened this year and it probably won't it hasn't happened last year it just happened to be that there wasn't any gigs I was going to in well when the pandemic hit Ireland it was uh, it was beginning of March so I hadn't been at any gigs in um, January February of last year and I do want to go to some gigs next year but it's some of them are sold out as it happens and some I'm like yeah okay but I'm, and I'm not, I'm not super paranoid about. I really am not par- super paranoid about going to a gig with other people in a crowded venue. I'm really not actually. It's just I haven't done it in a while. Um, I went to a gig in a while, and even when I I went out a while ago, a couple of months ago in Dublin at a, for a friend's stag there was like was it, we were at a beer garden in a pub called Fibber McGee's and it was it was jam packed and it was all outdoors but it was so surreal it was like that universe I mentioned that felt like a, a distant place had returned in a bit in a weird way but 
Oh yeah, that was Dreams of a Dreams of a Samurai. It was Dreams of a Samurai. I thought it was Death of a Samurai. Um maybe I just felt it was That was a big kind of a close as in terms of a song. I don't mean big as in it was a great song and I just ignored it, but it, it ended big but um I actually would have preferred the previous song. The song just prior to it to be closer. Um I've kind of rambled on on that side a bit, but look, I I will say there's about four, maybe five songs on that side I, I like quite a bit. The first four songs on side B, as I call it, side B. I mean, if you're going by vinyl, there's going to be a side A, side B, side C, side D. But look, our tape, I'm going to go by cassette and cassettes are back. So that's that's OK. I don't think this album was released on cassette, but maybe it was. Who knows? Um, you know, I don't. Um, that last song, bleh. The song before it, um, yeah, I think I would have been happy with the, whatever the song was before it called, uh, The Hunter. It wasn't necessarily a great song, but I think, I think it would have been okay. I think it, it would have been a dreamy enough song and how dreamy the song sounds would have been kind of a, a pretty cool place to end on. I think the last song, while it's also kind of a slow song, I think it's a bit overblown. Um, there is some nice vocal choral effects there, but I'm not really that into dreams of a samurai. And but overall, I actually think Side B was really strong. Um, just And even though I said The Hunter, the second last song, at first I was like, okay, two wet noodles, but one wet noodle brought down another that was partially wet. <laughs> um, but Side B was really strong, and it might be, it might be the first time. I don't know, it's a tough one. I was going to say it might be the first time that I prefer Side B to Side A on an album of, of the bands. But I do really like Go Robot. And obviously I like Dark Necessities. I also think Dark Necessities might be my favourite song of theirs since maybe. Since By The Way. I think it might be my favourite song of theirs. So, And also the album as a whole feels like it has a bit more um, going for it than I'm, I'm with you. I was not going to say I'm without you. Uh, I think it has... A bit more energy is not doesn't sound as forced, and I think it's. A, you know, there's some quite strong songs on Stadium Arcadium. I think as a whole, the album is a lot to get through. It's it's a lot, um. So I, I think this is probably, and this is probably giving away a little bit my, where I'm ranking things a bit, but I do think this is probably the. It's the strongest album since, by the way. And I, it's it definitely a better. It feels like Josh is a bit more comfortable in the band, and the band are more comfortable with him. And I would have liked to see another album with Josh, but Anton, the boys get fickle. They, they have their, their family of. They have their family in terms of the band members. And I think. I also think they might need John. Maybe more than John needs them. 
uh, or at least that's maybe how they might view it. And John came back. He was probably like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll rejoin the band. John was probably exhausted after that kind of fornication through the, by the way, through the Stadium Arcadium run. I feel like Stadium Arcadium is just it's a really exhaustive album and I think he was probably exhausted. And I, I think I mentioned at that time that there was some discussion about what songs were going to stay or not on that album and I can't remember whether it was He or Flea. He or Flea. Um, felt like the album need to be cut down but everything was stayed on so yeah um so we're onwards and upwards and that that is pretty much the the albums that's all of the albums as they exist and probably tomorrow morning when i wake up the band will <laughs> to blow all my theories out the water in terms of them holding back and releasing the album and they'll also mean It'll also mean I'll have to straight away think about the next episode. But uh, they might just announce the album tomorrow. They might just drop it. That's one thing. I don't think the band are going to just drop the next album. I don't think they're going to, like, here it is. Download it and it'll be out in January. No, they're not going to do that. I, If things smooth, out, smooth over a bit, as much as they can smooth over uh, with a, a global pandemic... I foresee this album being the next album. And when does the tour start? And I know I've said with By The Way. They uh, they played some of the By The Way songs before the album was released. Proper. Now, as I say, there could have been cheeky streams or downloads of that. Uh, it could have been leaked prior to the, the beginning of that tour. At least when the tour in Ireland. But I feel like... When it does, I'm not going to check it, but I feel like this album could re- be released March. It's going to get that spring. It's going to get a spring release. I'd say March. Um, I think they're going to probably announce the album. In, it's too late for the Christmas market. But I think they're going to announce it in January. Um... What's it going to be called? I don't know. It's going to be... It's going to... It's not going to be a Stadium Arcadium title. Um, but I think the title is going to suggest... I wonder will there be anything about the pandemic in this, actually. Maybe not on the nose about the pandemic. I think the title is going to refer to the pandemic somehow. Um, and I think it's probably going to be a title that... I'm going to go out and say, you, look, you can read into a lot of things. I don't think you can necessarily read into some of their album titles. But I think, I do think that the album title will also be the name of a song which on the album, which is often the case with the band. Or they incorporate the album title into a song. But I feel like it's going to be something that, <laughs> like... Hello World or something like that. Something that is both a reintroduction to the air quotes classic lineup of the band, but also acknowledging that they're back after there being this 
catastrophic reckoning that's been happening in the world. Um, something that'll be just a little bit self-aware as a title. Um, I do think that. Um, as for the albums, where do I stand with the albums? And I actually struggle to remember some of the album titles. Um, and I'm going to look them up here. I mean, I'm talking about the early albums. I know their names, actually. But I'm struggling to remember which which one came first. That kind of way. But I, I know... I'm going to start from... There's 11 albums, right? So I'm going to start from... I'm going to start from the bottom. So what album I consider it is the bottom of the pile. So no surprises. It's one hot minute for me. One hot minute is an album where it has all the excess of the 90s rock scene the hard rock scene but none of the fun and it's a it's an album that feels hollow and although the production is probably better in this than some of the early albums I would argue that it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's not super fun to listen to and it doesn't sound like the band are having fun it sounds like they're lost so that's that's 11 uh the next one that would come up would be number 10 is the debut album the red hot chili peppers um i rank this just slightly higher than one hot minute because the band are trying it's their first album there's some mistakes not everything works but it it sounds like it sounds like they're having fun and i know that maybe jack sherman wasn't he wasn't shit hot as hillel or john at least he didn't wasn't given the chance to be in i think all the band were finding their feet but i like some of the songs on it i remember liking there's a couple of songs that i know the Adam Scott Ackerman podcast when they did the one album they did two albums when they did this album anyway um, they were a bit like eh, this is not great but I think I think they kind of had their mind made up and didn't really give the album a super fair shake now I don't think it's great but I think there's it's that early stage for the band and like any artist sometimes when you hear the early stuff you also get a sense of what an artist, what pathway they, they do go down because of hindsight, because of listening to later um, releases, but also maybe also what could have been, which does not mean to say what could have been in a kind of a sorrowful way, but also um, just hints of stuff that the band or any artist at an early stage may not fully explore later on. Um, yeah, so that's that's 1984's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. From here on in, or at least for the next couple of rankings, I would say it's a fairly chronological kind of a chronological steps. And the next album is Freaky Styly. That's number nine on my ranking. Um, and I felt like that was a more sure-footed album. It was definitely more funky. And I had some misses but overall where the band sounded earnest on the debut album 
and with that earnestness were some mistakes or things that this sounded amateurish some of those things were ironed out with Freaky Styley um, it's a funkier effort and it definitely brings out some of the sounds that the band would become later known for but uh, it has its moments um, next album on the list is as I said this was going to go at least for the next couple chronologically uh, the Uplift Mobile Party Plan number 8 um, yeah I I remember I remember some of the songs on this really being like the band a bit like what happened with Josh in the last albums I felt like the band were more comfortable as a unit with Hillel and it had some really fun songs in it the band their, their sound is beginning to be honed down and identifiable to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the funk isn't as prevalent as it was in the previous album there's a bit more of a rock sound but songs like Fight Like a Brave are, are really fun songs and it, it made for a really made for a really interesting listen and some of the covers were fun Subterranean Homesick Blues I know I wasn't super crazy on Behind the Sun at the time but at least they were also open to if anything that was the early DNA of doing a, a like um let's let's write a song with the intention of making it a hit song. And I it was a minor success or at least at the time it was a success for the band. It's not a song I don't think they have ever well, not have ever, but I don't think it would be a song that is as fondly remembered in terms of the mainstream with as the likes of Can't Stop or Californication, but it has its place and so does that album. Now next I'm gonna gonna break this uh I'm gonna break with my chronological thing that I said. The next album on the list number seven it's it's Stadium Arcadium. Stadium Arcadium now I I was doing so well with my little chronological train of thought that I've jumped a good few years, a couple of decades ahead. Stadium Arcadium has some really high highs, has some really low lows, and has some stuff in the middle that I, I really don't know what to make of. The problem with this double album is it a lot of the songs are forgettable for me. Um I've often went on about how the band need to uh, be more, be a bit more ruthless with their how many tracks to put the disc. But this is this is probably at a time when the band were riding high off the successes of the, the previous two albums. Were like, let's just go for broke and let's go all out. I can't blame them for that, but Stadium Arcadium is probably it's probably the weakest of the John era or maybe not John era but of all the albums that feature John for Sean Day it's the weakest um, it was also the last one hence why I was looking back at or the last one at that time with John hence why I was thinking maybe 
I know he had when he when he dropped out of the band after Blood Sugar Sex Magic there was a lot of drug issues and problems there but I feel like after this album maybe there was a, a sense that a lot of creative avenues were exhausted with the band um, it has some really bouncy rock songs on it uh, Charlie's a great song Humpty Bump is fun um, even Snow Hill has his moments but um, unfortunately it's dragged down by a lot of a lot of vanilla um, at the same time it's a generally a relatively speaking a nice sounding record uh, next next I'm going to go with I'm with you I'm with you is the first one with Josh and I feel like I feel like with I'm with you Although I did say it comes across as a bit forced, I feel like after Stadium Arcadium, it's a bit leaner. It's not super lean. It still feels like there's a lot of dips in the album, but after Stadium Arcadium, it's just it's just nice to just snack on something that is not so dense. Um, and there is a sense with the band with wait I'm with you that it, there's a a want to be a bit more direct and I think that's good I think maybe the band tried a bit hard at some stages just to almost replicate some of that energy where they're trying to be young men again and only one of them are really young that's the newest member and it doesn't always fully work and I think that's I think with a band like the Chili Peppers, when they have a large in life stage persona, a presence like that, certainly with Flea and Anthony, there's a sense to constantly want to have that energy. And I think it appears sometimes with false on I'm with you on on the songs. And yeah, it doesn't. I think they need to put the chill into the Chili Peppers in this album a bit, but it has its moments. And like I said, it's a, it's a nice, I wouldn't call it a snack, but it's a lighter in length and it doesn't feel like as much of a struggle as Stadium Arcadium. Um, where are we going now? I think this is a tough one, actually. The next album near the top, and I've lost count. I know there's 11 albums, but wherever I am on this. Um, let's see. There's... Okay. So, album number five. Album number five on the list could be... Hmm. Okay. Album number five on the list. I'm really struggling with this one. There's a couple here that... Album number five on my list is The Getaway. Um, and at this stage, I would say we're kind of in a, another higher tier than the, the previous albums. Um, I think this just pips past the post of being into that next tier. It feels like the band are reinvigorated. It's good to have a new producer. Um, like I said, 
just on this episode there's some songs I'm not crazy about but overall it's it has more heart in it than it has more heart in it than the previous two albums it's not as long as Sadie Park obviously but it sounds like the band are recognising some of the flaws that were in the in album before in I'm With You and I feel like there's an element when I mentioned what could have been with some of the songs on the debut album or ideas I also feel like there's a general feeling for me of what could have been the band continued on maybe we continue on with Danger House as well as producer but or else tried another producer but continued on with Josh but look relationships don't always work work out do they so that's that um that's the getaway okay next album on the list ah, this might be this might be controversial who knows I'm gonna say I'm actually surprised myself with some of this actually um I think if I'm gonna be true to myself And if I'm looking at, if I was looking at all the albums I have and what ones I keep, if I wouldn't, I'm arguing if I keep this one. Anyway, number four on the list is Blood Circus Sex Magic. Overall, it has some really class, some really, really good songs in it. Look, there's a couple of songs I'm not crazy about on it. There's more than a couple, and it's 70 tracks. Um... And just some songs I really, really love on this. I really love Breaking the Girl. It's probably my f- one of my favourite songs of the bands. And Under the Bridge, definitely. It's a song that when I play, like, when I play that at the time, or when I play it on CD, or however I listen to it, I actually wasn't overexposed to it. It didn't feel like, because I didn't watch a lot of, I didn't have access to a lot of MTV MTV Rocks or whatever. So I knew these songs, but I wasn't. They weren't overplayed on the radio stations I listened to. So it still felt like after whenever I whenever I was super aware of the song, it never really uh, felt overexposed to me. Give it away. It did feel a bit overexposed to me, to be honest with you. But. Um, under the bridge, not so much. Um there's some of the songs later on in the, in the album that are really good. Um, I think some of the songs after some of the songs after like Under the Bridge and Give It Away are really good. I'm struggling now with the names but there's a couple of songs that I think the band are not crazy about themselves but songs like Suck My Kiss and If You Have to Ask are great. I actually heard them live before as I mentioned and I prefer those versions but I guess when you're more familiar with something, you kind of stick with that. Uh, the Red Hot is kind of a goofy, fun song. The Greeting song I quite like. Uh, Naked in the Rain. I quite like that too. Um, maybe it's a bit funny that I put this album just slightly lower than what people might expect. But look, it 17 songs. The album is... 73 minutes and 55 seconds okay so it's just under 75 minutes we'll just say that round it up like that it's um overall it's a bit long for my liking uh 
But there it is. Blood sugar sex magic. What have you. Now. We probably see where this is going. Because I kind of gave it away. Number three. Mother's milk. Actually I'm surprised by this. Because I didn't think. I didn't think I preferred this album to Blood Sugar Sex Magic. But I do. I. Definitely some songs I'm not crazy about. But overall I think the album flows better. And um, it's at this stage, this is the, there's an element of what I mentioned about the debut album. This is the start of the John era. And I think, and also Chad, but uh, just such a good energy to this album. Um, there's probably a couple, I feel like of all the albums that I've been listening to, aside from By The Way, this is the album I want to revisit the most. Some, sometimes when I listen to some of the art, some of the albums from the band, sometimes some of the tracks feel like hard work, and that can be said even of the top three albums here to some extent. Um, but I feel like I'm going to revisit this one really soon again. Um, and I've uh, some of the songs I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed. Um. Knock Me Down. That was great. Taste of Pain. I forgot how much I enjoyed that. I was always familiar with Higher Ground. There's some songs like Magic Johnson there. Just a bit. I remember that in my head. But I was... I don't know. I just felt like he was... It was sweet in a... Look, they're trying. But yeah. Could have lost that. Um, a couple of songs it tails off a bit. But... And this is where we're getting into the near we're getting into the B B plus category here with the likes of this album as well. Um but look it's number three. It it's just slightly lower. Album number two. My second and probably obvious favourite album to Baz is Probably the biggest surprise for me in listening to this whole catalogue. Sure, there was albums I hadn't heard before, and I don't know if I'll be in as much of a hurry to go back to some of those albums. But the album that surprised me the most, that's actually been hella special, a new place in my heart, is by the way, uh, an album that I struggled with upon its release and sort of turned me off the band I think it's a really I think it's a fine album I think at some stage it might even pip the top on Californication we know that it's going to be Californication right but I think I think it's lightning in a bottle to some extent which often when people say that about a piece of work it means it's it's top of the it's super but I think there's an essence of something here that the band were trying that maybe they wouldn't be able to come back to as much or they couldn't just there was that energy um they're riding high off californication and it, whereas i'd say steve marcadian was going for broke i think there was a sense with by the way that they were super confident but also really assured in what direction they were going um and by the way i've been surprised to, how much I listened to that of all the albums that the band released that was the one I listened or, of all the albums that 
they released that I reviewed on this podcast, that was the one album I came back to a lot. And was like, it, like, I'd already known a lot of the songs, but then there was elements of songs like Throw Away or Television. I still think it's a terrible title, but there was, okay. Whether Ricky was involved in this or not, there was textures. There was interesting things going on with the album where I thought it would go left and it went right. And I think early 20s me, after been looking for early 20s me, listened to a lot of rock music. I still do. But I was kind of looking for the, the meat and potatoes kind of rock. And the first song, by the way, provided that to a large extent. But then the rest of the songs didn't really go that way and it sort of uh, surprised me. But I'm over that now. I'm I'm okay, you guys. I'm over it. Um, but by the way, it's pretty good. I might even... I'm very strict about what I would give. Like, I don't really think about albums go, I'm going to give this an A or an A- minus or whatever. But this is definitely it heavy B plus so it's definitely getting getting up there uh, and I think I'm struggling now even thinking about it because I was saying it's praises uh, there's probably a couple of songs near there's a couple of songs after by the way the song it's such a euphoric song that a couple of songs and it's I would say it's it's not a slow core album, but there's definitely a couple of songs after that first song and that labour the album a bit. And there's a couple of songs near the end of the album that also labour it. Um That being said, I think I quite like the side B on on that album as much. Or I like that side B quite a lot. Um in fact when I did go back to listen to the album I ended up listening to a lot of from Throw Away Your Television onwards. I I just warmed to it. Um, and that's by the way. So yeah, number one is Californication. And for a moment I debated putting this or By The Way on top, but I don't think it would be fair to put By The Way on top because I'm rediscovering it. And By The Way was always the album that when I was looking for that buzz of Chilies. I went to that album and it was the album that really got me into the band now sometimes I've listened to artists and the first album that got me to a band would not always end up being my favourite album of the bands in fact sometimes it could be one of the weaker albums but Californication holds a place in my heart that I find it hard to part with <laughs> like all the albums before even though it's at the top spot and well done Californication it does have a couple of songs I'm not crazy about. Overall, though, the um, the highs on the album make the the lows on on the album kind of seem okay. There's enough highs on the album to bring some of the some of the duds up. And for what it's worth, I have some albums that I absolutely love. They have a couple of songs. I'm like, oh yeah, this song. Not every album. It's very rare for me that there's an album where every song I love. There's always going to be a couple of songs. I'm like, 
I wouldn't go as far as saying filler, but some songs are not. Um, they're not as transcendent as other songs on it. Uh, really excellent album. But overall, the the overall body work, um, it's more than the sum of its parts. Um, that, I do struggle sometimes with Californication because I don't think it would be... It's a really good album, but it's not super, 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 super... It doesn't rank as much as other albums I can think of from other artists that although they have a couple of their not brilliant tracks that Californication can stand side by side with it's just the way it is I, I did say earlier look this is going to be this is going to be heavy B plus territory too but just don't get into the next grade it's just the way it is but Californication it was such a it bounced back and when I consider that I have this at the top and at the bottom is one hot minute the album that preceded it I mean they came back good they came back really really strong and I I am curious I will say look I've been kind of hard in Ricky groups he worked with them on Blood Sugar Sex Magic generally a well received album uh I say that almost understatedly. One hot minute, not as well received. But he was still there for the Californication. Um, and brought them back again. He was there with them. I don't want him to take all the credit, but he was there. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what he looks like. He essentially looks like Santa Claus. It's very apt. Um, he's probably not going to be... He's probably been busy right now getting stuff ready up in the North Pole anyway, so they're not gonna they weren't gonna release the album before Christmas because Ricky is busy. Um Saint Rick. Um But yeah, they bounced back after one hot minute to my mind. Now some might say, you know what, one hot minute is a really underrated album. Fair enough. I say to that. But um they came back and I will say this will be the second time, not including when John Crescenta first entered the band, but this will be the second time John came to the band, or came back to the band with this next album. So it'll be interesting to see if they, I don't necessarily think they're going to bring uh, a Californication um, level of energy, but I do think like I said, there's going to be a. They're going to want to make a, a, a big impact in terms of its sound. I don't think the sound is actually going to be super different. I think it'll. I think that the album might. I'm surmising here, but I think they'd probably go. I actually think they'd go for a little bit of a mix of some of the energy from the getaway, but with John and there'll be a sense of. I, I do hope they don't try to do a larger life thing. I know there'll be some rock songs on it. I hope those rock songs are good. Of course they do. I hope the album is good. I really do. Um, but there is, there is going to be a level of expectation on this. So that's that's my rankings. That's that's it. Um, 
And right now, that's it from the podcast. For me, Andy Warbler, I, I'm going to take a break until they release the next album. Um, as you would say, I've just, I took a break. I took, what, three to four months off. I'll take another break. Um, why not? But I hope, hope you've enjoyed the show so far. Um, thanks for listening. Um, it's been fun doing this. I might come back with something else at another stage, but in terms of over the bridge and yabba dabba ding dong, this is, this is hibernating for a while. Uh, I might do a little mini episode when I, I, with some, with some artists now, I, with some artists, I re- like albums or artists I've been a fan of, I tend not to listen to a lead single or a lead couple of singles. I kind of try not to spoil it for myself. I want to listen to the album as a whole fresh. Sometimes I've known my artists that I, I heard all the songs and I can't wait to listen to the album, but I've already listened to some of it and somehow that takes away from the overall album experience. However, I probably will, will when the Chili's were, release a single or two I will listen to them and I might I might do a, a quick take I was going to say a hot take probably be a hot take as well on whatever they release um, and who knows what else I might do other stuff we'll see who knows but uh, yeah I hope you've enjoyed listening and this will be released for Christmas um, I do hope I hope you have a nice Christmas. I hope, and if you, or I hope at the very least, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, if you celebrate Hanukkah or whatever way you celebrate things, or maybe you don't celebrate Christmas, or maybe you don't want, or maybe there's other stuff going on in your life. I, I hope you're safe. I hope, at the very least, you have. And I mean this with all my heart. I hope you have uh, as content an end of 2021 as you can have. And I hope going into the next year, things look at least a little bit easier. Um, why am I saying this? Probably because I got t- talking about the whole pandemic. But I know for some people it's not just about the pandemic. There are other things going on. And the pandemic is just something that maybe maybe arguably has just heightened those pressures. But anyway, I do wish you well. And yeah, see you on the other side. Very appropriate. See you on the other side soon and take care. This is me, Andy Warbler, signing off for the moment. But if you want to reach out to me, I'm at andywarbler at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram. And I'm also on Twitter. But I haven't used either of those much lately. But for what it's worth, I'm on Instagram at Over the Bridge and Y D D D. That's Y Triple D. Um Yeah. It's uh It's been fun. Bye.